Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you can use code DNVR at sign up to get some very special offers like how to turn a $5 bet into $200 in free bets all tournament long this month on college hoops. Again, that's when you use code DNVR on DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's show, we've got for the second time this week in his normal spot at the end of the week, it's our man from AT&T Sportsnet, the voice of the Colorado Rockies, the host of the Drew Goodman podcast, our buddy Drew Goodman. What's going on, man? Patrick, how are you, my friend? Very well, very well. I, I don't know if I look as relaxed as you do right now, enjoying those final few days of, of sun rays down there in spring training as we head towards opening day. Do you know what? I um, I had a choice today, this afternoon. I was at the complex uh, all morning, and then I... And then I talked to you and I was taking a run and, and I came back and I was like, all right, do I go to old Scottsdale and watch uh, the, the A game, if you will, the Rockies take on the Giants? Or do I come over to a, um, one of the side fields? Chris Bryant was getting some extra bats and um, some of the, uh, you know, some of the better prospects for the Rockies were on display. So I came over and watched uh, again at the complex and the weather remains great and positive spirits and, you know, it's it's amazing to think that uh, I'm losing track of days, but t- today's Thursday, so Major League Baseball opens a week from today. The Rockies, of course, will open uh, a week from tomorrow, but it's rapidly approaching. It is, it, it is, and this is your day off too. So, I mean, again, you are a baseball guy. Let's let's be clear about that. And the weather forecast now, as you said, about a week out, it's looking pretty good for opening day at Coors Field. So it makes it. All the more enjoyable. We don't want another snowpening day or snowpocalypse, whatever you want to call it. It does seem like the Dodgers will be bringing some some warm weather with them. Good. I, I think you're the second person to tell me that it, that it looks pretty good for opening day, which I know we've had dealt with some weather. But oftentimes it seems, or more often than not, we've had great, beautiful opening days, as it should be. Very true. How, how did... Bryant looked there on the backfield, the guy who was your guest this week on the Drew Goodman podcast. You got a lot of interesting nuggets that we'll have to get to, but how did he look there on the backfield as he worked his way up towards those 45 or so at bats? He said on your podcast that he needs to get ready for the season. Yeah, um, he looked good. In fact, I talked to him after he, I know he had a, an RBI single in his first at bat. He didn't play the field. He had the luxury of hitting second for his team each inning and he had four what he termed really good at bats. He said, I never want to leave the field on a bat at bat when I'm playing on a on a backfield, which, you know, you have the advantage of saying, you know what, I think I'll take one more at bat and you can lead off or bat second, whatever you want to do the following inning. So um, he, w- he was really pleased uh, with how his A-Bs went uh, this afternoon as he, you know, continues to compile the at bats and get himself ready to go. Yeah, he's he is a very smart guy. He's a very interesting guy. Great person, as you found out, obviously, and I think you knew that beforehand, too, in talking with him for this week's episode of the Drew Goodman podcast. And you, you got the story out uh, of him about talking about being the salutatorium at his high school and, you know, the fact that he can remember the teacher that gave him the only B in high school. I mean, like this guy's a competitor and he's always been one in everything that he does. And I, and I like that type of personality for the Rockies clubhouse right now. Well, I, I remember the teacher that gave me my only B, and I, I send uh, her roses every um, opening uh, school day in September uh, to this day. But that's another story. Um, yeah, he he's one of those guys. You heard me describe this, Patrick, on the podcast. He's one of those guys that pisses you off, you know, because he's, he's like better than you at everything. You know, he's the prom king. He's the better student. He happens to be one of the best players in America, you know, everything he did. And, you know, you want to not like him, but you can't because he's also the nicest guy in the room. I wonder how good he is at ping pong. That's ping pong is one of those sports or hobbies that I'm pretty good at. And I'd like to match my abilities with him. But yeah, you're right. He probably would beat me in that as well because he's just good at everything he does. And uh, it was cool hearing him talk about, you know, Bryce Harper hadn't really heard anybody go into detail that was so close to that situation there when he's 16 years old on the cover of sports illustrated, he talks about that and you know, his connection with Joey Gallo, the Las Vegas guys, it, it was interesting. And, and the thing that I really, I think like most from the interview was the parallels that he himself 
brought up about signing with Denver. You know, again, you only have one opportunity really to sign as a free agent, and Denver was a place he's he's long loved, along with Salt Lake City. But the fact that the Cubs had a similar situation with Javi Baez, Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo, the team of course sent those guys elsewhere rather than you know they were trade. But I thought it was an interesting connection between what he experienced with the Cubs and what you know. Rockies fans may have seen with Arenado and Story leaving. And so it was just kind of an interesting bit of symmetry for how he is, you know, saying, hey, look, this is a fresh start for him. This is a new clubhouse. And uh, he's really excited about the 2022 club and as well as the future of the Rockies right now. And, and he waited a long time. He waited an extra year because of the manipulation, um, you know, way back his rookie year when he was held out of the big leagues for a couple of weeks. So the Cubs, understandably, from their perspective, uh, you know, would get an extra year of his services. So he waited seven years. And, uh, you know, he said, it, you know, seven long years to decide where I wanted to play. And he said, you know, it was kind of his response to my question about Trevor and Nolan. And he said, I want to be here. And he goes, their, their situation was different. He said, I, you know, I don't know what their situation was. He goes, but I know where I wanted to be. And, and uh, going through the process, uh, he decided on the Rockies. So, you know, I think that's music to every Rockies fan's ears, uh, especially, uh, you know, given the negativity of the last couple of years uh, with the departures of, of Arenado and, and now the most recent departure of Trevor Story. And McMahon has said similar things that, hey, that's those guys. And although he was close to the situation, look, he still knows and what's going on here in Denver and what Bill Schmidt has been building this entire offseason. So it's a good good reason for him to, to accept that extension that he did. Now, over in the A game, Chad Cool didn't quite have his best stuff. I don't know if you got a chance to watch. He was pulled in the first inning, and then he came back out in the second inning because, well, you know, it's, it's spring training. you, you got to get your pitches in. Yeah, I, I saw Chad uh, walking into the weight room back at, you know, the complex. I didn't, I didn't chat with him. Uh, you know, so that, that's the beauty of spring training. And one of the things that's, that that you don't truly know about is a pitcher may go out. You probably read this before and say, I'm, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to throw, you know, 10 change ups or no matter what, uh, I'm just working on fastball command. I'm not going to really utilize much of anything else as opposed to a guy that's trying to make a club and needs to get out. And so I'm not saying that Chad Cool wanted to go out and have a bad outing. Of course he didn't. But um, yeah, the good thing is it was March 31st or whatever today is, as opposed to, you know, into April when the games count. We hit the nail on the head because Thomas Harding on Twitter, Harding underscore at underscore MLB, said that Cool was experimenting with some hand positioning coming out of his windup in that first innings. Tried to make him smoother, but it ended up slowing him down and really putting him out of whack. And to him, the guy who's working on those things, he has 0% worry right now at this point. It's only the second time he's seen those live hitters, but he knows where he's at, and he was working on those things. So it's why you know you can't get too excited if you see a guy hit 500 or something in spring training. And it's also why if you have a performance like a cool had today where he went two and two-thirds innings, seven hits, five earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts, two homers, you don't get too down about it. It's a super small sample size. He'll be ready to go for opening day. Yeah, and, and the way I look at a veteran like that is you, you kind of know who he is not saying he can't get better he's been a back of the rotation guy but a steady back of the rotation guy uh, you know the Rockies didn't pick him up thinking man you know if, if the planets align all of a sudden you got a number one starter um, he's you know he's a he's a professional and he's trying to get better at all times and, and you hope that he hasn't reached his ceiling but he's also not trying to to make the club and I've often said this about March and September. They're, they're the two months that can lie more than any other two months in the baseball season on the baseball calendar. Because you'll have a guy that, you know, completely goes off in March and, and has robust numbers. Now, with those numbers accumulated against, you know, somebody else's double A pitchers late in the game, uh, September call ups when the rosters used to expand to 40, uh, you know, who are you getting your hits off of? Were, were you playing a bunch of teams that were, you know, also ran? So but they can, you know, kind of skew, you know, what you're really seeing at times. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about Chad Cool based on this performance. 
Yeah, certainly, certainly not worried at, at all. Randall Gritcher came through with another two-hit performance at an RBI single. He's in 421 this spring across Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. Have you got a chance to really, you know, get a good look at, at Grichuk and, uh, and and try to, you know, figure out where he fits in the lineup? Obviously, he'll be in the middle, has that pop of, of 25, 30 home runs. It's it's something that the roster really needs. But what have you seen from him so far this spring, or what, what do you expect out of him with the Rockies in 2022? Yeah, you know, I chatted with him earlier today and before, you know, during batting practice before they headed over to Old Scottsdale. And he, he's he's really comfortable and I think he's at ease in that last year he was kind of and he was upfront about this you know looking over his shoulder because they had signed George Springer and Springer was hurt and you know he was going to come off the um, you know the, the injured list at some point and even though Gritchick had established himself as a very good major league player he didn't know what his role was going to be and I think you know it may be a little more definitive in in Colorado that he's going to be in the lineup quite a bit especially with the National League adopting the um, the designated hitter so right now based on my observation based on performance based on just chatting with him briefly he seems like a guy that's really comfortable and and I think he's embracing uh, the change in scenery I I think you're you're dead on with the comfortable part because he's very familiar with a lot of the players on the roster too. In an article that went up on Wednesday on the DNVR.com, now only 50 cents for your first month, he went into that. And, and we detailed the fact that he's now lives in, in Arizona. You know, this is where he calls home. And, you know, this offseason, he was working with Dom Nunez, Garrett Hampson, uh, Ashton Godot, Ryan Rawlson, Gomber, I think. Uh, actually, not Godot, but, but Gomber was in that group. So, like, he knows these guys you know, fairly well. So I think he's just going to fit in nicely. And it's like, all right, well, I'm not in Florida. I'm in Arizona. I'm, I'm with a different club, uh, but an exciting one nonetheless. And he's going to be doing the same job. So again, that that type of familiarity definitely, I think, breeds, you know, uh, positive things this year in the Rockies lineup. A, a guy they haven't really had in their lineup in a while. Uh, in, in an article that just went up on uh, the other day, as I said, on Wednesday, you know, I think he's hit like 130 some home runs since 2016 and you know after nolan story and charlie blackman the next most on the rockies in that time span is ryan mcmahon at 61 so they need his pop in a a major way so i think that was just such a really good trade a really good acquisition by bill schmidt yeah and i'm not saying this because it was from you know because i'm speaking from the rockies perspective i said this with you i believe a week ago and i think i said it on my own podcast it was an old-fashioned baseball trade, and it was one to get better, and it's not a, a knock on Rymel Tapia. Tapia has a certain skill set that it, it will be useful to certain teams, but for the Rockies, a team that needed uh, a, a robust increase in offense and thumb, Gritchick is going to provide that you know, way more than, than Rymel would. And, and again, it's not to disparage Rymel Tapia. He's a, got great bat-to-ball skills. Uh, he's got great speed. Well, you know, we know his skill set, but uh, he's not a guy that's going to hit 20 plus home runs where Randall Gritchick has a long history of doing that. Make sure on opening day, if you don't have tickets, even if you do and you just want to get down to the ballpark early at 11 a.m., we've got a cool little DNVR meetup at Ice House right there near the ballpark itself at 11 a.m. on opening day. We're going to be dropping two shirts. I'm sure I'll be popping over. Adam from the Nuggets Beats going to be there. Everyone, you name it, the entire DNVR family, make sure you check out that event. And if you can't make that, you know it's still going to be a good time over on the corner of Colfax, New York, at the DNVR bar, where if you're a member, you get a member-sized beer. You get a little something extra for members at all of our watch parties. You get extra raffle tickets, too. So we're, we're doing our best to take care of you in more ways than one. Besides just the great content of Rockies, Nuggets, Abs, rugby, golf, Rapids, you name it. Besides all that, you also get the member-sized beer when you're hanging out down at the DNVR bar. You also need to know about a nice little discount you get when you're over at lightshade.com. Now when you use code DNVR, you save 25% off all non-sale items at Lightshade, and and that might most likely include some of the relief and recovery creams from Escape Artist, the highest awarded topical brand in all of Colorado. It prioritizes quality, consistency, and it also prioritizes the fact that you're not gonna need to throw your clothes out 
afterwards because it doesn't stain your clothes or sheets. None of that. Go to any of Lightshades, 10, soon to be 11, Denver metro area dispensaries. They've got a great selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flower, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And again, when you go to lightshade.com for your pickup, use code DNVR on all non-sale items. Now, Nuggets and Avs and the Rockies can all be found in one place on Ivaca TV. Yes. Go to avaca.tv slash DNVR for all of that information. You'll learn that there's zero hidden fees, that your contract is just $25 per month plus receiver. Your price gets locked in for two years. You never have to worry again about missing out on the Nuggets, the Avalanche, or even CSU Rams, Denver Pioneers, Rapids, Mammoth, you name it. They're all in one place in the Rocky Mountain region, and that includes AT&T Sportsnet and our guy Drew Goodman doing it with AT&T Sportsnet. Well, ahead of Thursday's game, two transactions very much on the minor side, literally and figuratively. Uh, ben Bowden and Jordan Sheffield were sent down to AAA. And for anyone who listened to Thursday's DNVR Rockies podcast, kind of broke down the bullpen situation. You know, there's so many guys that are really locked into roles that it was a battle for the last couple spots. And it seemed as if uh, Justin Lawrence, Ty Block and Ashton Godot were really going to get the final three spots and that Jordan Sheffield and Ben Bowden based on their performance, as well as some struggles last year, were probably going to be the odd man out. And here we see it on Thursday afternoon that they will start the season down in Albuquerque, unless there's some unforeseen injury and, and they're needed in Colorado. Yeah. And listen, when there's, when there's a lot of depth and when there's good competition, you're going to have some good arms that don't make your squad. I think that's what happens with teams that are improving and ultimately become good teams, that their depth is really good as well. We've seen, especially in the case of Jordan Sheffield, when he was healthy last year, have a, a good deal of success and also work himself into, on a few occasions, pitching in, in more leverage situations and doing, and doing just fine. Uh, we know he battled some injuries last year. His performance the other day, you know, wasn't great. So he's a young guy. Uh, they don't have to keep him in the big leagues as they did last year when he was a Rule 5 selection. So let him go, as they say, work on some things. And, uh, and I'm sure he'll be part of the mix at some point uh, in 2022. And the same goes for, for Ben Bowden. Uh, you know, so, you know, Lucas Gilbreth has passed him on the left side. And Ty Block, the addition of Ty Block, uh, a guy that can swing, as you've mentioned many times in print and also on your podcast, uh, you know, can, you know, be a long haul guy, can can be a spot starter. And he's thrown the ball well so far this spring. So I don't think either one of those moves, uh, you know, was shot. No. And, and yeah, to your point, right, it's it's good to have that kind of depth. That's that's not bad news. That just means, wow, two guys that you know contributed last year in a, a really solid way. There's, there's not enough room right now uh, in, in that bullpen, despite the fact that there are two more spots here now with the 28-man roster going through May 1st. And so uh, Alex Colomay comes in. Now, Buddy hasn't you know, said that he's the closer, but I think we all know he'll have the ninth inning. But you know, they're going to carry 10 relievers um, in addition to their five starters. And so that's, that's going to help them get through what's usually the hardest month of the year. But now with short and spring training, even more so important to make sure that everyone gets through the first month healthy. Yeah. And, and, you know, something along those lines, Patrick, that hasn't been spoken, I think a lot about is from Buddy's standpoint, and I'm, and I'm sure there were 29 other managers in the same situation because you couldn't have contact with guys during the 99 days of the lockout. You, you know, that you know who your guys are and you know, they're professional but every situation is unique in that, okay, is this guy going to be able to throw to, you know, a, is he throwing to a high school, if he's a pitcher, is he throwing to a high school catcher and he's in a gym somewhere, or, you know, he's outside because he lives in Southern California or Florida or Arizona, and I know he's able to work out with other pro guys. And so you were kind of, with the shortened spring training, also kind of giving guesswork as to who would be further along maybe, uh, in terms of buildup in arm strength and where they would normally be on, say, mid-March when they finally gather. 
and so there was some guesswork involved there, and I think that will affect how things start at the beginning of the season. But it'll all roll together, uh, you know, eventually. But I think the pitching, uh, especially the first few weeks of April, for not just the Rockies but for everybody around baseball, uh, you know, it's going to look a little different. And health is going to be a real big factor, I think, all season long. It's it's really been since 2020. Then again, I don't know if in the 2020 season health was much of a concern. It just was a really short season. And, you know, they did get three weeks of summer camp in. But last year with, you know, going from 60 to 162, this year now the second year of all that shortened spring training, compressed schedule even slightly, health is going to be a key factor. And already we're seeing it in the NL West with, you know, going from least impactful to most impactful, D-backs Nick Ahmed, you know, he had, a, I think, a cortisone shot and they had Required a shortstop. So D-backs are already a little bit banged up. Giants are going to be without Evan Longoria. We saw Wilmer Flores play third base in Thursday's game. And then the big one, of course, with the San Diego Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be out probably maybe the first three months of the season, their MVP. And so if you're able to stay healthy, and Keith Duggar is going to have his work, his whole team uh, is, is going to have their hands full. If they can keep those guys healthy and keep keep the core 26 on the field as much as possible. That is, that is certainly an advantage and an edge that the Rockies can gain, you know, over not just teams in the NOS, but, you know, all baseball. It's always a huge component in any sport. Um, I, I love the phrase and I understand it and, and, you know, can embrace the phrase next man up, but typically the next man up is the next man up because he's not as good as the first guy. And that's where we talk about depth and, and the teams that have great depth, especially on the pitching side, the starting pitching area, uh, are teams that, that generally are pretty good and win a lot of games. And so when it comes to health, that is always going to be a component to success at the end of the year. If a team's devastated by injuries, they're probably not going to have the kind of season they hope for, even if you, you looked at their roster in the spring and said, boy, that's a good looking roster. Well, it's a good looking roster. If all those guys can participate, you know, 145, 150 times. Uh, and the same goes for the Rockies. They need to have, uh, you know, good health and, you know, you knock on wood uh, and hope that that is what, you know, will occur this year. Obviously guys are going to miss games. Guys are going to be on the injured list at different uh, points in time. But if you can avoid the you know, the multitude of injuries or the long-term injuries, especially to key guys, you have a chance, uh, you know, to, to reach your potential, whatever that may be. And, you know, we've talked about it numerous times this off season about you can't have enough of that starting pitching depth, even, even in the relief core too. And so going into this season, it seemed like, all right, well, the fifth starter role is going to be Ryan Rawlison, Peter Lambert, those two guys. But again, going back to health and, and making sure that you look after those guys who, you know, Rollison had the, the two somewhat freak injuries with the appendectomy and the, the broken hand shagging baseballs in the outfield. So he was limited to 91 innings. Peter Lambert was limited to only 21 with the Tommy John surgery. So you say, all right, those guys, let's, let's send them to, to Albuquerque. And so they can be the next man up because let's, let's protect them a little bit. And so you've got the insurance with Chad cool, you know, Ashton Godot, I thought was a guy who could possibly be in the, the mix for the fifth starter spot. Same thing with Ty block. So you can't have enough of that. And I think in years past, I, I think Rockies have, have suffered from maybe not having enough depth. And um, sometimes you saw that impact them on the field. Other times, not as much if, if they were healthy, especially in the starting rotation ranks. But this year, it, it, I think it'll get tested somewhat. And you, you have to like how much better they look at the upper levels of their minor league system after having somewhat of a void the last few seasons. Yeah, and they're, they're continuing to build depth in terms of arms. And just watching this uh, B game, if you will, today um, on, on one of the backfields, Patrick, there's, I, I was talking to Mark Strittmatter, who's the field coordinator for the Rockies. He's been, he's been with the Rockies with the exception of a couple of years he was with Clint Hurdle's Pirates. He's been with this organization uh, from a year before their inception. He was part of the 92 draft class. And, we know they didn't take the field as a big league team till 93. And he, he felt like um, there's more, especially position player, really good looking prospects than he can ever recall. And I know that the organization 
uh, has not gotten high marks the last couple of years uh, for their overall, you know, what, what their organization looked like in terms of prospects. That's going to that's going to turn around, I think, pretty rapidly. And uh, you're going to probably read about it in the next year or two, because the Rockies, especially in the lower minor leagues, the guys, some certain guys that are going to be hunting double A uh, really have a chance to be impactful big leaguers if the projections are are accurate. So that's exciting to hear. They're definitely trending upward. They're, they definitely are. I, I, I agree with you on that. And and I like, you know, Mark Strip Matter. I haven't had a chance to talk with him all that much, but to me, he's he's the answer to a, a good trivia question of, and that being, you know, in 1997 and 98, Jeff Reed and Kurt Manwaring played like every single inning of every single game for two straight years. And Strip Matter was able to get in there, I think, for a handful of games, maybe Greg Colburn had like one inning or something obscure like that, but it, it's amazing how healthy those two catchers were. And you know, hey, Don Nunez and Elias Diaz, they have a chance to kind of match that because you only had two catchers all last year. It's really, really unprecedented to have that, that kind of health. Yeah, that's a position where guys get beat up. Uh, typically we understand that. Is Stritty, uh, is Stritty had I think 30 days in the big leagues. And, and he said it was the greatest 30 days of his life. He got four uh, big league at bats and, you know, and then he, he pretty much went to work for the organization. He's been, uh, as I mentioned, with the exception of two years when he was working for the pirates, he's been a fixture uh, with the Rockies, especially at the minor league level. He's, he's, he's great with young players. Um, and he's, he's particularly good with catchers because of, you know, that's where he played. Uh, but um yeah, it's uh, that's a position the Rockies were fortunate last year because it was Elias and and Don Nunez and, and they and they both stayed relatively healthy and, and were able to uh, post up uh, through 162 and hopefully that's the same thing this year. Though I will tell you, there there's some young catchers in the system um, that have a chance, you know, to be impactful big leaguers. Hopefully as well, Brian Servin, who we've seen a lot in spring training games, former Arizona State star, uh, Willie McIver played in the Futures game last year, really athletic uh, backstop. So there, there's a couple of young guys that are coming. Yeah, Servin is, is particularly interesting. Defense is, is great. He's feels like he's been around forever. He's he's probably about 27 years old, but for a catcher, that's that's really when you start to get into your prime or that's really when you, you start to maybe make your debut. So it'll be interesting to see if, if we uh, get an opportunity to see some more of him and as you said, with yeah. Strip Matter, so many guys I've talked to over the years, Tom Murphy and Tony Walters, that's one of the first names that get, gets brought up when they, they say, you know, who has helped you the most in your growth since becoming a pro? He's always that guy. Yeah, and um, w- one quick note about Servin. He had a long three-run home run today uh, to uh, – or the two-run homer. It doesn't matter. It was a homer. Uh, to deep left center field uh, right here at the complex. So that was – that was nice to see, but Stritty's one of those unique guys um, that he can work with with kids, and he can work as he's paid to do with with guys from you know the minor leagues all the way up to the big leagues. And he's he's a very effective communicator, and it's not just the technique of catching, and it's not just the you know the, the tips there. It's also the mental side of the game and the mental side of catching because you have to have acute focus if you're behind the plate. You can't take a pitch off. Pitch off goes, you know, is going to end up in the backstop because you know the ball cut a little bit and went off your glove and that's 90 feet. And then there's a blue pit. Next thing you know, is a marker on the board for the other team. Uh, he, he's really, really good at teaching the game both from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint. I want to talk about some of those young guys. As you said, the system is definitely on the come up. Probably has been a little overshadowed. Uh, even at the beginning of this year, I, I've talked with a lot of people about almost being a little bit surprised where the Rockies rank as a farm system when compared to the 30 teams, but they are trending upward. I want to talk about those guys. But first, I want to talk about the American Raptors. It is a fantastic rugby club composed of crossover athletes who are just absolute specimens. We're talking, you know, football players who've done it professionally, basketball, baseball, wrestling, you name it. And in the quest to win the Rugby World Cup, we've got some future U.S. national team hopefuls right here in our backyard. Go to AmericanRaptors.com to get free tickets and to check out some more from our very own Colton Strickler, who's on the DNVR Rugby Podcast every week. Who He's got some great information on the basics of the game while 
you know, interviewing some of the top athletes and coaches in the sports. He's going to help you with some really good betting tips on this year's Super Rugby as well. All that and more at AmericanRaptors.com. Those young guys, we've I feel like we've seen a lot more of them than normal, and obviously that has to do with the slow buildup of, or rather the, the fast buildup and the short spring training. And so it seemed like it was probably the first two or three games of spring training that we really, we, we hardly saw very many of the Rocky starters. So you got to see so many of these young guys. And I know, I know what your answer is going to be, but still let the people know who has been the most impressive so far this spring of the Rockies top minor league prospects. Well, it, you know, that, that, that's a no brainer because Ezekiel <laughs> Tovar has been otherworldly I, I watch yeah. him play a little bit uh, today again on, on the you know in the in the minor league game if you will and uh, you know he's just really smooth he's really confident and you know in the big league games he's 11 for 20 so that's pretty good with five, with three home runs and and his gloves exquisite uh, he has really good actions defensively so he's been great uh, Elleris Montero guy I talked about a little bit on the podcast this week he cleaned up the body some from last year he's a big strong guy so I'm hit a long home run uh, the other day against the Cubs and everybody I talked to say this guy's going to hit and he's going to hit for power at the big league level and last year uh, I know you have the numbers in front of you Patrick but between Hartford um, where he tore it up uh, really after kind of a slow start he, he just went off and then he got moved to Albuquerque and he didn't drop off at all uh, I believe he hit more than 30 home runs between the two uh, two stops somewhere in that neighborhood. This is a guy that that's you know he, he could be on you could see him in the big leagues this year uh, if the Rockies have a need. He's a corner infielder, maybe more of a first baseman DH type, uh, but he's a strong kid. And uh, again, he was part of that Nolan trade. Uh, so you know those are two guys that that really you know, at least initially jump out at me as guys that have made uh, an impression. And, and Brian Servants, uh, we talked about him a moment ago. He's a good-looking catcher. He's got a plus arm, uh, you know, strong dude. Uh, I know there's there's people in the organization that think he's not just a, you know, a guy that gets to the big leagues as a, as a backup, that he has a chance to be a number one. So that's, that's exciting. He, you know, honestly – when, when looking at the, the roster and, and, and trying to figure out who's going to start on, on opening day or who's going to start on the 28-man roster, the fact that he's still around in camp, there's, there's only three non-roster invites still left in, in big league camp. Ty Block, who all indications point to him eventually being added to the 40-man roster. They'll have to make room for that. And then the two catchers, Carlos Perez, who's a nice little pickup that they brought in, had a huge year last year in Las Vegas. And then Brian Servant. And you know, with the way that Dom Nunez has looked this spring, again, take with a grain of salt, but, you know, his, his swing and miss that, that he's been struggling with here since, you know, first getting called up in 2019 did make, give me some trepidation. Like, you know what, it, it's a short bench, but, but that's okay. It's to be expected. Maybe Brian Servant actually has a chance to be on the opening day roster. And if he doesn't get that, uh, he, he very well could at some point, because there, there's, there's, just no way that two catchers can stay healthy and not go on the IL for two consecutive years. It, again, it happened with Jeff Reed and Kurt Manwaring already in 97 and 98, but I don't know if lightning can strike twice in that way. Well, and, and that's why it's good to hear about the depth that we were discussing with Servin and, and Willie McIver yeah. and Carlos Perez. Uh, so yeah. Um, and, and it will be interesting. We were talking about that. Uh, earlier in the day, you know, who, who's the 28 man roster uh, in April? And, you know, is it two extra pitchers? Is it one and one, you know, how will, how will buddy uh, put together his roster? Now I know this in, in the previous years when the national league did not have a designated hitter, you would definitely have at least one extra position player in addition to one extra pitcher. You don't have to do that with the, with the DH. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what buddy ultimately decides yeah and going back to to montero did hit 30 home runs last year you know really bounced back you know because he was he was damaged goods when they got him from st louis he was damaged goods i think he had had broke his hammock bone and after that big mvp season in 2018 in the midwest league 
fell off in 2019, 2020, there was no season. So you've got nowhere to go. And then bounces back at only 22 years old, two years younger than the competition at double a where he hits 22 home runs, bats 279 goes up to triple a, as you said, doesn't skip a beat hits 278 with six home runs and then continues his year down in the Dominican winter league where he adds two more to get to that 30. And again, in triple a, he's playing against guys that are like 27, 28 years old. That's an average age of a triple a player in the Pacific coast league. He's only 22. And for him to be able to hang around with those guys was really great to see. And even better to see him doing it this spring, doing it at salt river fields against very similar competition and really not skipping a beat any in, in, in any shape or form. So you're right. The Rockies, I think, are going to call up, call on him at, at some point this year, you know, to be a corner infield guy. And now with the DH, man, that it really just changes everything. It, it really changes so much with how you look about, you know, fitting guys on the roster. It's it's just who are the best, who are the best 14, 15 hitters that we have. That's that's who's going to be on the team, and we'll figure out the defensive stuff later. It's great. Well, yeah, and I, and I keep coming back to this. Offensively, the Rockies need to be a lot better. We know they need to be a lot better uh, on the road, obviously, but they need to be better at home, too. They need to hit more home runs. Uh, they yeah. need to hit a lot more home runs. Uh, the, the number I keep coming up with is you'd like to see them hit 40 or 50 more home runs and, you know, approach, you know, 800 runs, uh, especially now with the advantage of having an extra hitter in the lineup. And so where, where does that production come? You know, there's some natural places you're going to look. Chris Bryant, Randall Gritchick, in addition to the, you know, Rogers being in the big leagues for a full year, the continued growth of Orion McMahon. Those are the obvious ones. But to what you're talking about, Patrick, and the depth of an organization, a guy's up for a few weeks because somebody got hurt. And oh, by the way, they threw out, you know, three or four home runs and and really helped the club win a couple of ball games. Is that a Montero is that a you know Brian Servin uh, you know coming up and, and helping out uh, so th- there's a lot of different places where you can add to those power numbers and those run production numbers beyond just the obvious choices and with the flexibility defensively that the Rockies have this year you know Richard can play all three outfield Hilliard we're going to see out there a bunch same thing with with Hampson and Connor Joe, I think there's a, a decent chance that outside of shortstop, you could see, if not eight players with 20 or more home runs, you could see eight positions, right? Whether that's on the field or that's eight spots in the lineup. So, so wherever Jose Iglesias is at, we'll take that one out. I don't think you can you know mix and match with him in any way. And I don't think there's any intention of doing that, but every other spot that you've got in the lineup or on the field, I think you can get 20 home runs out of this roster. And so, as you said, they, they need to make up for that power. And I think there's enough there to get it done again with the ability to mix and match it, those platoons, whether they're traditional platoons or otherwise, I think it really just is going to allow buddy to put the best roster or best product out there and lineup on the field each and every night. And if everyone stays healthy, even better. Yeah, I, I like how you're characterizing that, that you could get 20 plus home runs out of eight spots in the lineup. And I would agree with you. I mean, if you get, if you get 20 out of Iglesias and he does have some pop, I mean, I, you know, if Iglesias stays healthy, he's going to hit, you know, 10 to 15 home runs. Yeah. Um, I, be, I believe that it's not like he's, you know, a punch and Judy guys, not, I was watching him take BP today. I mean, there, there's some, there's strength to that swing. There's a history of him hitting double digit home runs. But third base, obviously, second base, uh, you, you would hope with, with Brendan 15 last year in 102 games. I mean, he's got legit pop. I mean, he's gotten stronger from a year ago. First base, Crone, naturally. The tandem behind the plate with Elias Diaz. And I know Dom, you know, the average isn't pretty, but, you know, he still had 10 home runs last year. They hit 28 as a tandem. Uh, the, the biggest increase has got to come, as we discussed throughout uh, the winter in the outfield. Well, you got Chris Bryant now in left field. You have Hilliard, Gritchick, Hampson, some in center field. I mean, I, I would hope that, that that combination, if you want to throw them all in center field, should be 30 plus there. And then in right field, Charlie and 
you know, if you want to include Connor Joe out there, even though I think Connor Joe will play more left field or, you know, some first base, whatever, you, that's going to be 20 plus. I don't think Charlie's a 30 plus home run guy anymore. And, and, you know, that's typically the way things go when you, when you start to roll towards your 36th birthday. But I think at the end of the year in its entirety, that's got to be a spot that's 20 plus in addition to the DH. So uh, I, I think your point uh, is an accurate one. And, you know, with the new analytics department and everything that they have and, and this ability to be, you know, very much open-minded, there, there could be a lot of three true outcomes, right? So there's going to be those frustrating moments of maybe not getting, uh, you know, that runner in from second base with one out, whatever it may be, but there'll be a lot of those home runs. There'll, there'll be a, a lot of that. If they just kind of go all in, if they got a team of Joey Gallows, hey, so be it. You know, uh, the, the numbers show and, and the analytics and sabermetrics show that, Hey, you can, you can produce a very talented team offensively if, if you're just doing those three things. And so there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It might, again, it might be ugly, it might get frustrating at times, but there's nothing wrong with that in 2022. Yeah. And again, you'd like to see, we talk about it every year. You want to see an increase in on base percentage. Uh, but the, 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 the biggest area is there has to be more thump, has to be more thump. The Rockies, you know, address that. They lost story. That's a lot of thump that, that exits enter Chris Bryant. And, and also that's why that trade that we've discussed now on several occasions, I think is going to turn out to be a real good one in, in Tapia ostensibly for Gritchick. Obviously the Rockies gave up a, a young minor leaguer as well. The last guy I want to mention that this was my first time seeing him, um, Jake Bird, Nate Greep. I, I heard a lot of really great things, you know, saw, Bird down in Arizona Fall League. So the success those guys have had isn't surprising. It's great to see that. Heath Holder's been a guy that's kicked around the system for a while and has been, you know, pretty successful just about year in, year out. But Noah Davis, the guy that they acquired from Cincinnati in the Michael Givens deal, along with Case Williams from Castle Rock, brought him back in uh, after uh, initially uh, giving him up to uh, – to acquire someone I can't think of now off the top of my head, how they lost him in the first place, but uh, uh, he, he, he was part of the, uh, the trade to Cincinnati with Hoffman. There you go. Yes. Robert Stevenson, that whole thing. Um, but yeah, but no Davis, I I've been really impressed with him. And, you know, even after he was acquired uh, and was pitching at, at high Spokane had, you know, similar to Ellie Harris Montero didn't skip a beat new club, new league, and was just as successful. His numbers have been really solid so far this spring. And on, on the starting pitching side, he's the young guy that jumps out to me. He'll probably start the year more than likely at, at double a Hartford. And he could even move quick. We could see him possibly at Albuquerque uh, if all things go well. And Buddy has spoke pretty highly of him. So uh, I, I'm excited. I'm buying stock on some Noah Davis right now. Well, he's a, he's a name to watch uh, that people are less familiar with. And then you know, Peter Lambert's still a young guy. He's still coming back from Tommy John. I know he made a couple of September starts. He's going to begin, uh, it looks like, in Albuquerque. Uh, Ryan Feltner, who I thought, you know, showed a pretty good arm. And I, and I know Buddy's fond of him. That's another name, you know, to, you know, to keep in mind. And then Ryan Rollison, who, as you said, he's, he's dealt with some unfortunate injuries that, you know, really weren't game-related. And for that, uh, you know, for the, those are four guys to keep your eye on as, as you look at, at minor league numbers and see if those guys don't help out the Rockies at some point this year and, and certainly uh, impact the team going forward a year from now. YCHEP, you can't have enough pitching. You cannot have the, enough pitching. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if those uh, wristbands would – would sell at all. Good. We'll, we'll have to talk to our merchandise guy. We, we need, we need a really good marketing person. <laughs> I think so. Our last thing I want to just kick around is have, have you looked into this pitch comm business? The, you know, the wristbands or the, the forearm guards that the catchers are wearing and they're communicating with the pitchers and, and they're hearing in a little speaker that's tucked inside in a piece of plastic in their cap so that they're on the same page and it helps the pace of game moving on. What have your, your thoughts been on this? Uh, and experiences that you've seen so far here in spring training? Well, I, I had a little demonstration done for me, and I got to talk to the guys a little bit more, which I'm going to do over the next few days to see, you know, how they like it. And, and I think it's going to be pretty subjective in that, you know, some guys may say, yeah, you know, I'm fine with it. And there may be other pitchers that, 
you know, preferred the old school way of flashing signs. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some of that, but it, it seems to work in that the hitter can't hear and you're able to communicate to, you know, the pitcher and the two middle infielders, what pitch and what location uh, you're trying to work to. So uh, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of old school people who like, you know, like stealing signs and that sort of thing, which I'm always a fan of. I think it's part of the, the art of baseball. It's part of the cerebral part of baseball. Uh, I, I just, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it, it's been utilized, I think, by every team in spring training here and there, not across the board uh, every time that, you know, a game takes place. But I'm going to, I'm going to start asking some of the, some of the catchers and some of the pitchers what they think of it. Yeah, it's, it's really intriguing and, and what it could, could help do. And again, this is a, a fun narrative. It's a fun storyline to see, but in those, those big games and those high leverage spots, especially in the postseason, the people that are at the stadium could be a factor. They, they could be the 10th man or, well, you got nine guys in the lineup, you got the starting pitcher or, or the relief pitcher. So they're the 11th man, whatever it is, but just like in the NFL where you get loud enough, the players down on the O-line, they, they can't hear. The wide receivers don't know if an audible is being called, whatever it may be. It gets to be very challenging. You could have a situation like that go down. And, I, hey, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that's, that's fun. That's something that could, again, give an advantage to a ballpark like Coors Field, which we know is packed out on a night-in, night-out basis. We know how passionate the fans are in Denver. And so, you know, it could be something that during the postseason, during another run to Rocktober, Hey, if their pitch comm system is is going strong, maybe Rockies fans could have an impact on a little yeah. postseason action. You know what, <laughs> Patrick? I I think that one may be a stretch because I don't <laughs> I, I think you I don't think you wouldn't be able to hear because I mean it's embedded in your ear, so uh, I think you'd be able to hear. But it, there's also to me more of a you know there's a, there's a paranoia as we know in sports. Right. And, oh, and especially yeah. in baseball, you go back to the Houston thing in 2017. So people say, well, what what if the home club somehow gets on the same frequency as us and they're able to transmit? They hear what pitches is being pitchers are being called and they're able to transmit it somehow to the hitter very quickly. And, you know, in some way, shape or form, believe me, teams think that way. And that's where you may see, okay, no pitch comp tonight against this team who we see all the time in our division <laughs> and we're in their ballpark. So we're going to flash signs and we're going to change the signs every inning. And, uh, but yeah, to me, that's part of the Patrick, that's part of the beauty of baseball um, that, that, that stuff goes on. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that what Houston did was above board. It wasn't, but it is part of the game. If I'm at second, and I'm able to figure out the pattern, and I know that it's you know it's the the sec, the you know the first sign after two, and I'm able to relay to the batter, hey, you're getting a heater here. That's part of baseball, man. At at every level, every sophisticated level. So uh, again, there there's going to be I think a mix with pitchcom. You'll see pitchcom used, and you'll see some instances. Patrick, where you're sitting in the press box, or you're at home, and there's signs being flashed with with runner at second base. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting with with technology being infused into the game, and you know, good. You know, back in my day, there was nothing wrong with just a little banging on a garbage can. You know, this technology <laughs> thing. Ah, oh, geez, kids these days, right? Well, the <laughs> the, pro, the the problem is at 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 you know the levels. Um, maybe below where we're watching, you could bang on the garbage can all you want. And most guys, even if they knew it was coming, you know, it was a fastball down the middle, weren't going to put uh, the good part of the bat on it. So. Very true. Very true. I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do in your, your men's softball league, whatever, whatever's going that's, on. That's, that's right. Quite all right. You're going to, you're going to introduce pitch comp to your men's softball league. Oh God. Yeah. So there's, there's somebody out there that wants to be the first team who does that. Don't, don't be too oh, shocked. Yeah. yeah too probably shocked. already happening. For sure. Goody, this has been fun, man. Again, make sure you're downloaded or, or uh, subscribe to the Drew Goodman podcast. Another great one this week. Go back and listen to Ryan McMahon from last week. Thursday's episode just dropped with Chris Bryant. That was fantastic. 
Uh, I love what he had to say about, you know, coming to Denver, as well as a little bit on his past in Las Vegas and whatnot. That was great. Follow Goodman on Twitter at DrewGoodman42. Got a couple more games on AT&T Sportsnet coming up. So it, it's, it's, it's yeah. your time, Goody. It's your time. Well, it's, it's, it's Rocky's time, and, it, and it's, a, it's, it's our time. There are people who love baseball like, like uh, me and you and, and all the great fans out there, it's, it's a wonderful time of year. And um, you know, We're going to be on the air again on, uh, for tomorrow night. It's a night game. The Rockies taking on Seattle, and we have uh, what three more after? Is that right? Three more, two or three more after that, including another night game. And um, also, by the way, did you uh, did you like my take on? Uh, I threw out the obligatory Will Smith take, and I kind of mixed it in with Nate McKinnon. Did you uh, did that did that meet with your approval? I did. It, I I thought that was good how you how you shoehorn that one in there. Uh, it, yeah. it definitely seemed to have worked. That upset me, to be honest. Like immediately when I heard that, that uh, that that shook me up a little bit. And uh, oof, that's that's Will, rough. That yeah, that the bad. Will Smith one. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that that was um, <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre. I was I I wasn't watching it live. I guess you couldn't see it in the in the states live, but I saw it right. you know on social media, and I was like, wow, wow, that's uh, that's not good. No, not good. No, it is not. So we'll see how many uh, Academy Awards Will Smith will be suspended for here. Uh, lifetime ban, possibly. It's going to be an asterisk next to that Academy Award. Look, it's a sports podcast. We got to we got to throw those things is in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, listen for me. Uh, Mel Gibson still gets an invitation to the Academy Awards, and I was far more offended by, you know his his actions many years ago yeah. uh and the language that he used uh when he was arrested for dui so uh true you know roman, if, he, if, roman he gets, if he gets roman plansky yeah. somehow still in good standing yeah, so you're yeah, right Ro there's another one so yeah very true very true yeah. well make sure you're subscribed for mostly sports uh once in a while we'll, we'll dip into mainstream uh mainstream pop culture and whatnot on the dnvr.com now only 50 cents for your first month follow us on twitter at dnvr underscore rockies at patrick d lions on twitter is my personal account so this has been great it's been fun but you know what they say about momentum it's only as good as tomorrow's podcast so i'll talk to you next week